family. It's your sister here, Jocelyn, and I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Faith on the Journey. And if this is your first time tuning in, we are so glad to have you and we want to welcome you to our community and want you to know that we are here for you to help strengthen your faith and walk alongside of you on your healing journey. And for those who have been tuning in for the last couple of weeks, we've had some powerful episodes on forgiveness. And if you've missed these broadcasts, I encourage you to go back and listen to it on our social media and podcast channels. You can find us on YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify and we're on Facebook. And while you're listening or watching these broadcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe and also share this these resources and broadcasts with other people. Don't keep all this goodness to yourself. We want to help encourage others who need to hear these testimonies of God's faithfulness in their life. And today we have a special guest for the broadcast, and I'm so excited to bring her on. But before we do, I wanted to spend a little time doing some teaching out of my book, Breaking the Power of the Mask. And specifically, I want to talk about the process of beginning to heal from those painful experiences in our lives. On our broadcast, we often talk about those issues where that cause us to experience pain. But today we're going to actually talk about creating a framework for our healing journey. And we're going to start off by talking about the serves model, which is something that I talk about in detail in chapter eight of my book, Breaking the Power of the Mask. And if you don't have my book already, I feel like this information is so important for you to have. I'm actually going to give away chapter eight of my book for free. All you have to do is visit my ministry website at faithonthejourney.org and scroll down to the free resources area and you'll see a button that you can click on to get this chapter for free because this information is crucial for you. And so for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about each step in the service model and we'll just dive deeper um, as and build upon that each and every week. So serve stands for spirituality, express, renewing your mind, vision, embrace life, and support system. And today we're going to talk about the spirituality part of it, which really talks about our faith, which is so crucial. It's essential to your healing process. And I know through Faith on a Journey, we always try to provide you with practical resources and tools. We'll send you devotionals. We'll send you things to read. We'll share testimonies of faith. And all those are great. But hear me. Those are just resources, but God is the source of our healing. God believes, God feels that our healing is of the utmost importance to him. That's why the Bible talks about this countless times throughout the Bible. And, and we refer to God as Jehovah Rapha, as our healer. I know a lot of times people, when they hear God as a healer, they often think of God healing us in the physical form. And yes, God does that. But God also cares about our emotional healing as well. The Bible says that God, the Lord, is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And many of us, because of some of the pain that we've experienced, we can feel like we're crushed in spirit. We can feel so overwhelmed that we feel like we can't even breathe because of the pain that we've experienced. But I want you to know that whatever has happened to you or whatever you're feeling right now, this will not destroy you. But in these moments, this is when we have to activate our faith because family, we are in spiritual warfare. 
And we have an adversary who's after us, who, who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants you to believe that you'll never recover from what happened to you. He wants you to believe that you'll never heal. You'll never experience joy. He wants you to question if your life is worth living. He wants you to question God. And many of us, if we're honest, we have questioned if God was there. But that's why I appreciate the interview we had last week was so powerful. When Pastor Eric Fitzgerald, he said something that was so profound. He said, in these moments when we're questioning if God is there, even when God is silent, God is not absent. I'm going to repeat that again. He said, even when God is silent, God is not absent. He sees you. He hears you. God cares for you and wants to comfort you in these moments. So I encourage you right now, if you're struggling because of something that you experienced, cry out to God. Lay your burdens at his feet and know that there's healing. There's not only healing in in form of our prayer and our conversation and communion with God, but there's also healing power in the word. So meditate on that, grab hold to that. And that's what's going to help see you through. That will help build your faith so that when you question if you're going to make it, you will know that you will make it. You won't ask, can God heal me? You won't say, I know God can heal me. No, you'll say, I believe God will heal me. God will restore me. He will make me whole. So I want you to hold on to that message. And again, we're going to continue to build upon this week after week. And if you haven't already, again, download that serves model. Go to our website, get that free chapter. and We'll be sending you some other resources as well to help you to heal those broken pieces of your heart. But let's move on and transition to the main topic of today. And we're going to bring my dynamic guest <laughs> to the show. Oh, my gosh. This woman of God has such an amazing bio and she's done so much work for the kingdom of God. And so I am introducing Reverend Latanya Fakir who is currently a mental health therapist specializing in trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy. She is a member of the Minnesota Marriage and Family Therapy Association and American Association of Marriage and Family Therapy. She has a passion for dance in mentoring young women and girls. She serves as the artistic director of dance and theater ministry and the founder of Doves, which stands for Daughters of Virtue Empowered Spiritually. She's also the founder and director of Covenant Circle Ministry, a ministry that assists in healing and restoration of covenant relationships. And throughout her, her ministry, she's traveled all over preaching and teaching about sacred relationships, in addition to running and facilitating couples workshops and retreats. And I'll tell you, this is just a little blurb of her bio. It's so impressive. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today. So I welcome you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> and so before we get into this topic where we're discussing, for better or worse, marriage, divorce, <laughs> and forgiveness, this is a heavy topic, and I know it's going to resonate with a lot of people. Let's start off by actually learning a little bit more about your story. Okay. Well, I am a native Detroiter. I was born and raised in Detroit. Uh, Michigan came from a large family. Uh, my grandparents uh, had 12 children together. I often say together because when you mention that amount of kids, you're like, oh gosh, were there multiple marriages? No, 12 children together. I'm the oldest child of 19. 
And um, what can I say? I mean, my family um, is a strong knit family. We have lots of cookouts and entertain each other. You know how big families do. Um, and I always felt uh, driven to help, to service. Uh, even as a young woman, I, I always wanted to help. And I figured it out sooner than later that my calling was to God's people. Didn't know it that way in the beginning, but when I was nine years of age, I gave my life to Christ. And you're probably thinking, oh, that's so young. But I knew that I had a strong relationship with God even at that time. Uh, being in my room, and I can remember having uh, the Bible open to one of my favorite scriptures, and I use it as uh, my uh, founding scripture for my dance company, which is John uh, 4, 23 and 24, you know. And so God has always been amazing to me. I didn't finish school right away because uh, my mom got sick with cancer. And so I had to drop out of school for a little bit of time. Um, and then marriage happened, babies happened. Uh, when my mom died, I, I took in and stepped in for my brother who was 16 and my sister who was 13 at the time. Um, so a lot went on in my little young life at that time. And so a lot went on in my marriage. A lot, a lot went on with me growing up as a young woman without her mom. Uh, when my mom passed away, I must have been about 23 or 24. So I was a young woman still trying to figure things out, right? And so I went on to speed things up. <laughs> I went on and I finished school um, after, uh, while my children were still in school and I finished school. And uh, now I sit here with an undergraduate degree and two graduate degrees and so two master degrees and so anything is possible as long as you keep God first and I would always say that to my young women anything is possible possible as long as you keep God first in my last semester of grad school uh, my marriage started to fall apart and I was like God I have done everything that I think I should do as a woman of God, as a servant of God. I'm faithful. I show up. I'm there when whoever needs me. You know, I uh, served in the church for almost uh, under their ordained ministry for nearly 20 years. And I didn't understand what God was doing. My husband and I were best friends. I said, best friends, we did everything together. When we first started off, we didn't have a car. And when my mom would say, a pot to in. And <laughs> but we made it work because we were one. We were young, but we were one. And we were young and smart. We weren't young and dumb, but we were young and smart. And so we were able to stay together and do what needed to be done and hang in there and all the right stuff. And then when we got to Minnesota, we were transferred to Minnesota. Um, I'm in the uh, AME church. And so we were transferred, you know, they move itinerant elders around and uh, things were going well. And before I knew it, 
I'm looking around and I'm like, what the heck is going on? He's changing. He's withdrawn from me. Um, And then it came out in the wash. You know, he was uh, unfaithful, having an affair. And being not one, but both of us elders in the church, and him being a senior pastor at the time, our life was right there in the spotlight. So even with going through this grief, I could not have my private moment because everyone had an opinion because he's a pastor, because I was first lady and pastor. Then we had three young children. When I tell you it got ugly, it got ugly. But the one thing that I did not do was run away from God. I was angry. I cried. I shut myself off when I got off work in my room because I didn't understand. God, why so much trauma in my life? I've always played by the book. So why did you take my mom away? Why? So all of that starts to come up. Why did you take my mom away? Why did you take my dad away? I didn't mention that part. Why did you take my father away? I found out that the man that raised me was not my biological father, but I had and my like my mom knew who he was. So I met my biological father when my father who raised me, my best friend, died. So I start to question God about all the old hurt and pain because this was devastating. I'm like, why? Why my mom? Why my dad? Why find out about my dad? Why now with my husband after 25 years of marriage? What is that? And we're leaders of the church. God, what are you, what, why have you allowed? Because see, we have to remember, God doesn't do these things. We have free will, but he will allow things to happen. So God, why did you allow for this man to be an idiot? Why did you allow this to happen? You know, one of the things that I will be very candid about, and candid, and I, I'm very candid about, uh, the couples that I minister to, those who accept the word minister, and then those who are, don't have any Christian experience and they just come to me to be, you know, to have therapy. I just still treat them the same way as I just take the words out like God. And I tell them that it is important to reevaluate your marriage annually and not from a negative perspective. But because we change, when we first got together, you're this way, right? You're young and experienced. This is the person you know. This is the only person I'm seeing. We change. What kind of, what do you desire now? Who are you now? Who have you evolved into now? We don't stay the same. And so I tell them, it is important to do a reevaluation of your relationship annually, right? And I would do that. So to fast forward, my husband said to me, once we got to a place of 
after all the nastiness that happened in our church, the greater church, because as you know, the Amy church is connectional. So the greater church, lots of stuff, because everybody knew us. And so lots of stuff after that happened and blew up and all of that, I was still trying to heal. But people around me, then I was isolated from my family because I'm in a state that I have no family. So I was completely isolated. And so I asked God about that too. I said, I don't have, I feel like I don't have a covering here, God. And God kept saying, yes, you do. Yes, you do. It doesn't feel like it, but yes, you do. And so one thing that you said something earlier about uh, the pastor that was on there the last time, and uh, he said something profound about uh, God being silent. And I had to remind, I was reminded by this, but then I had to remind another couple. I said, when you are undergoing a test, the instructor or the teacher does not say anything when you're testing. They observe how you're gonna handle the test. They observe God. He's observing how you're gonna handle the situation. See, because as Christians, we get so used to saying, oh, love thy neighbor as thyself. Oh, I am not, I don't, I'm too blessed to be stressed. You know, all the cliches we say. So God says, okay, let me put you to the test. Miss Elder and Mr. Elder and whomever else, let me put you to the test. You know the word, you know the things that I have done. Let me put you to the test. And so when the test comes, how are you gonna endure? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna push? Are you gonna give up? What are you gonna do? And so one of the, I, I, I'd like to say that, don't think that God is silent. God is never silent. God is never silent. That's why the word of God says, let he who has ears to hear. We have to be listening for God. God comes in all form. It could be a tree, it could be a dance, it can be a song, it can be someone calling you, and, and it may not have anything to do with you, but if you're listening, God will pour into you, right? And so that's how I was able to come out of the dark room. I felt like I was in the dark room for a long time being developed. See, because we take different snapshots every day, different pictures every day we take, right? And so when we are being photographed in a different way, we have to wait to be developed. I wanted out of the dark room, right? I had to sit there. And so now it's been almost four years since uh, my husband and I, I just can't see, um, been divorced. When we got a divorce, I knew, I was certain that it wasn't of God, even though he had went outside of our marriage. I knew, but that was a hard pill to swallow. But I knew that that was not it. God allowed for us to go through this to do just what I'm doing right now. 
So are we still, are we together? We are, it's painful. We have moments when all I want to do is scratch his eyes out because the healing is still taking place, right? But then more days than not now, it's about prayer. It's about, um, you know, just being there. One of the words that I I mentioned and I think I, I gave to you guys is the word intimacy. And when you think about the word intimacy, Think about it. In to me see. It's all about how you are able to really look into the person that you are so called intimate with. And a lot of times people don't think about uh, they think about the word intimate as sexual, you know, something physical, but um, it's not. It's deeper than that. Intimacy is how we love God. Intimacy is how we're able to forgive, really forgive, not just say it, but really forgive. Intimacy is about accepting people for who they are and where they are because we're all flawed. There's not one person that isn't flawed. We are all flawed individuals. And I believe that is why the word of God says to love thy neighbor as thyself, because I'm sinful. It's our nature here. You're sinful. It's our nature here. And that's the, that's it. You're, 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 you're speaking to somebody's spirit right now. And I know that process of forgiveness mm-hmm. was not easy for you. I appreciate you being honest about how moments mm-hmm. you felt like just like ripping his eyes out. And I mean, that's yeah. just real. You just feel it because it hurt. And so for someone right now who is dealing with, they're in it mm-hmm. right now. They're going through an ugly divorce and they're just like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I cannot believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. Talk about your process of working through that anger and beginning to well, heal and forgive. That didn't, it's because I'm very hard on myself. And I just saw one of who I really do deem as my best girlfriend. I just saw her flash something up on the screen. So I didn't even realize she knew I was going to be on. And she used to tell me all the time, Hamburger, that was her word. Girl, if you don't stop being so hard on yourself, you know, and that was her way of checking me, checking me because I am, I'm so hard on myself. It's gotta be right. What did I do wrong? You know, so that was the first thing that I went through. Well, what's wrong with me? Am I not pretty enough anymore? Have I gotten fat? You know, am I not attractive? Women, we take on all of that stuff. What's wrong with me? (laughs) And my dad, he said to me, (laughs) this is my biological father. He says to me, had you looked at him lately? You'd be questioning yourself, had you? (laughs) And so. Don't we love our dads? (laughs) And the thing is, you know, it has it had nothing at all to do with me, but that was still a part of my process. And that's the other thing. Everybody have to keep in mind that everyone's process is is different. We may both go through the same thing, infidelity in the marriage, but how we work through our forgiveness is going to be different because every relationship is different. 
longevity of a relationship is a factor. The building of the relationship is a factor. Children in a relationship is a factor. Then you throw in other stuff that you might've been doing together. For us, it was God, our relationship with God, our ministry, that was a factor. The, the covenant that we had with God was a factor. And so after going through all of the hurt and pain, but wait a minute, let me back up because you asked me what was the process. So process one was me releasing myself from the bondage of thinking something was wrong with me. There is nothing wrong with you. So I went through this whole piece of loving me again, because what happens is in a relationship, you forget to love yourself when you become responsible for all these other folk. You put yourself on the back burner and you lift other people up. And, and that's what I did in my, my marriage in the first go round. That's exactly what I did because I have always been one that was sure of myself. So I don't, I don't need certain things, but you get to learn your spouse. And so for, for him, it was important for him to be out front. Um, and so that never bothered me because I know who I am. I knew my stuff worth. But when this happened, I did doubt myself. So I had to go in and reevaluate myself. How much do you love yourself, right? So I went through that whole piece of loving me. So I was concentrating on me, losing weight, you know, eating the right stuff, you know, reading, trying to exercise regularly, getting back into the things that I love, like dance, getting back into the things that, that feed my spirit, like helping others and taking the focus off of me. So again, the first step was learning to love myself, okay? The second piece was turning my ear off. Now, remember, this is, this is what worked for LaTanya. This may not work for everybody, right? So it was turning my ear off because, remember, I told you I was perfectionist, so I care what other people think, right? And I'm working on being delivered from that, too. But right now, I'm a work in progress. I'm a recovering perfectionist, too. <laughs> so I... Oh my gosh, I heard so, so much. When you keep your ears on to what people are saying and everybody got their two cents and they're $5 in on your relationship. Whoa, that doesn't give you a chance to, to heal because you're throwing all that dirt in your clear water. So when you start throwing dirt in clear water, you're trying to purify yourself. Remember I talk about love and love is pure. So I'm trying to purify myself. And then I got all these, because I got my ears on. I got all these people dumping all this dirt in my water. And I'm like, what the heck? These are supposed to be people that are supposed to be caring for me, nurturing me. You know, not, and I think some of them thought they were helping. Because we, we you know how we do, right? They thought they were helping. Um but they really weren't. So I had to turn my ear off. And when I turned my ear off, I went into isolation. All isolation is not bad. Jesus went away, remember? Mm -hmm. Yes. Get your mm -hmm. head on straight. Get yep. focused, get refocused. Mm -hmm. 
but it's, it's dangerous. You have to know when to come out of there. Because if you stand there too long, you know old Slewfoot, that's who I call Satan, he'll try to come up in there and stir up some more stuff because, you know, he liked to keep us isolated anyway. So you sure have do. to be very careful about the isolation piece. If you have to get a sister or a brother, say, pull me out on May 8th. Pull me out of that room. Right. Come get me. Get out of hibernation. Out. That's right. Yes. That's right. Um, and so that's what I did. You know, love turning my ear off. Then I went in isolation to pull Tanya back together so I can get it together, get my swing back on, you know, be yes. focused, remember who I am, whose I am and what Amen. my purpose is, right? Yes, and and that I know that was a process, but I, I know you were refined during that season and you rediscover certain things about yourself because we can lose ourselves yes. in relationships, right? And you're like, oh yes, I do remember, I used to love doing this, I do remember this. And so in these moments when we're in the secret space with God, there's so much revelation that God can give us. And so you you said something though that I, I wanted to clarify, and then we, we have to get through a couple of other things so we have to, to move along, but you said that first go round in my marriage. So when you say, when you said that, what do you mean by that? What What is the relationship like now with your husband? Well, I mean, we're divorced still, but we're working through things. And the forgiveness is a process. It doesn't happen like this, right? Oh, so... <laughs> So we're still working things through. Oh my gosh, much better place. It's been for almost four years since we divorced. Um, and time just flew because really it doesn't seem like it's been that long. And when I say this go round, well, the our first marriage was good. It was a good run. I mean, up until the last five, it was a good run. It really was. And I think that helped in the factor too with the reconciliation, but there is a lot of work. Oh my gosh, a lot of work to be done. Um, so that's what I mean by that. We are in uh, reconciliation mode. And like I said, a lot of work and then brother's been working overtime and, and I'm not holding, I'm listen. And, and, and I'm not one of those sisters that just try to be mean or try to get, it ain't even like that. But I, sister went through some trauma. So we, it's it's a lot of work involved. It's a lot of work involved. Yes, yes. And that's that's the thing that I, I appreciate about your story. And we're going to actually have a, a segment in two weeks called Don't Forgive Too Soon. Mm -hmm. uh, because forgiveness, again, is a process. And it forgiveness is. doesn't automatically mean reconciliation. And someone, if they hurt you on this level, they have to work to gain your trust back. And, and that's the thing, like you can make the decision to forgive, to release them to God, to let God that's be their right. judge and all of that. But at the same mm -hmm. time, they do have to earn your trust back. And so if you're on the other side of this and you might have, have um, stepped out of your marriage and had an affair or hurt, uh, hurt your spouse in some type of way, I, I encourage you to understand that mm -hmm. earning somebody's trust back is a process. It certainly is. And, and, and you have to give them the space to, to work through all the emotions and all the pain and understanding that they might not choose to let you back in their life. Mm 
but that's their decision. Mm -hmm. And so don't, don't get mad. They can absolutely forgive you. But at the same time, that is a process. And so thank you for sharing that. I know you are absolutely right about that. Uh, Because for me, it was totally off uh, the table. Um, I didn't want any parts of it. Right. In fact, when we were out of the house from each other, I was cool, you know, and focused, like I told you, loving myself, turning my ear off, being focused, being in isolation. I was good. I didn't. And what? And let me share another thing. I did not leave my church. And so many people were so surprised. Oh, my gosh. You're still with the enemy church. Oh, my God. The church doesn't have anything to do with my relationship with God. Yep. And I'm not a runner. Yeah, I am a runner I, I, by sport, but I'm not one of those people who run away and hide when a situation happens or when life gets too hot. I'm the sister that's going to stay right there and put the fire out or flame the, uh, you know, you know, whatever, whatever needs to be done. That's the, type, the kind of woman that I am. I don't run when things get bad. The heat, the heat gets turned up. I'm right there. And that's how God made me. That's how God designed me. And I'm going to say this also. A lot of things you will do in life and you have no idea why you are doing it. And that's when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and there is nothing you can do about it. So many people is like, how in the world can you talk to him? How do you da 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 da? That's the turning the ear stuff off. And by what? By right. If I was on the outside looking and I'd be like, girl, you so stupid. Why would you? And, you know, really, but then God kept telling me it's going to be okay. Just listen to me. It's going to be okay. I got all of this under control. And if I be honest, sometimes I thought I was crazy. But when Mm -hmm. God says so, then you have to. You have to trust. You have to trust the process, even if that means you looking foolish, you have Absolutely. to trust the process. And, and, and that's the thing. I so appreciate you saying how it, in your situation, especially it was public. Mm-hmm. So with it being public, mm-hmm. it is that tendency to want to care about what other people think. Mm-hmm. And, and then you got family members, you got in-laws, everybody yep. got, you said their two cents and $5 to your relationship. <laughs> but they hate it, they hate it in the struggle. <laughs> you know, so being able to turn off your ears, <sighs> I think that's a lesson, a takeaway that many people can can get from this. And so if someone is is hearing your story right now and, and they're just, they, they feel you, they feel like they can resonate with a lot of what you said. Mm-hmm. What are some some final words of encouragement that you can mm-hmm. share with them just to offer them some hope while they're in the dark room, as mm-hmm. you describe it? That's the place. That's where they are. I would say the first thing to do is to be intimate with yourself. And remember, I the, the word intimacy is basically in to me, see, check yourself out, check yourself out, do a whole body scan, who you are, check who the person that you are affiliated with, whatever the hurt is, and know who that person is. When you know within your heart, because here's the thing, sometimes we think in our head, And sometimes we think in our heart. 
And as a mature woman, you have to know those times when to think in the head and when to think in the heart. And so I would say to you, the best advice is to know yourself. Get to know yourself in all the hurt and the pain. Be intimate with yourself. Check yourself out, right? And then allow for yourself to just sit in it. Because oftentimes we don't get a chance to just sit in it. It's always the next thing. And so we're never really treating the trauma that we've gone through. Because here's the other thing, so much, this is such a good topic. I'll be doing part two. Here's the other thing. <laughs> Most times people don't realize that the trauma that people give to you is trauma that has been done to them. The trauma that people give to you is the trauma that someone has done to them. And that's real. And so I would encourage, and I think this is one of the books that I put on the list for you. I would encourage uh, everyone to get this book, Why You Still Need to Forgive Your Parents. And you're probably like, parents, well, this is just one book as an example, because sometimes the, the baggage that people bring into the relationship is from stuff that has happened to them before you even got together. But sometimes it takes a while for that stuff to manifest into your relationship. So what does that mean? That means to go back to what I said, to get to know yourself, who you are, what you're going to take, what you're not going to take. Is this really right for me? Listening to the heart. Is this really right for me? Okay, then run that list. I always tell women and men to run a list. What is it that you like? What is it that you dislike? What is it that this person does? That you, what is it that this person does that you don't like? Compare the list. List help us out. Visual activity helps us out. Look at that. Use your heart and determine which way to go. Amen. That's good. Amen. That's good. And I, I want, want our guests to know that um, Reverend Latanya, she provided a resource list to me that I, I plan to send out to all those who are on our email list. So if you have not already subscribed to our Faith on the Journey email list, I encourage you to do so. Just go to faithonthejourney.org. And next week, I'll make sure to send out a follow-up email with some resources for anybody who's dealing with this situation right now and is working through the process of forgiveness. But let me tell you, I wish we had more time, <laughs> Reverend, because this, this topic is so real. It is. But I, I know I know people, they would love to be able to follow up with you. And, and I know this is something that you do. You help couples to heal, that you help couples mm -hmm. to work through issues. You, you help individuals who might have experienced a painful divorce. Okay. So how can people get in touch with you if they wanted your services? Well, and I gave you guys my, they can contact me by number or by email. And I think it's running now. And even through LinkedIn, I was told by my new friend that I need to get with social media. So, Minister Jocelyn, I'm going to follow you. And um, uh, what's my other girl? Millie, <laughs> oh, yeah, Millie. we got you. You're my producer. <laughs> we we going to make sure we get this together because people, this isn't a ministry. I was I was telling uh, I was telling uh, Reverend Natanya before we, we got on that there's so many people in our community right now who are struggling with this topic. And we just mm -hmm. want you to, to, to realize that you don't have to go through this alone. There's resources out there for mm -hmm. you. We want to make sure that you get plugged yeah. in and just understand that yeah. you will get through this. 
there is healing available mm-hmm. for you. It is a process. And Reverend Latanya was very real. This this gets messy. Sometimes you in this dark space and you're like, Lord, what's going on? You know, but you you will make it. You will. And you know what? And I, I you know, my girlfriend, I was telling you, she said, you know, bless me for being so transparent. I know no other way because when God has allowed you to go through something, I think it's our job, especially those of us say we're servants of God. You can't serve without a testimony. It said that the people were overcome by the what? Their the blood of the lamb and the word of, of the testimony. That's it. Yes. Amen. So we and have and to be power open. Yeah. We have we to do. be open. Even if it's embarrassing, we have to be open. That's where the blessing is. Yes. Yes. And I, I thank you for, for using your story as a sacrifice to help somebody mm-hmm. else heal. Mm-hmm. And also, I think just important, just as important, see hope in your story. See, yes. see light in your story to see the fact that you still can have joy after experiencing mm-hmm. pain. And I think the fact that you also named it as trauma, because sometimes mm-hmm. people don't realize that divorce and yeah. experience a messy divorce is actually traumatic mm-hmm. to you. And so this is something that will take time. But there again are people, there are resources out there that will walk along with you. But like yes. I said at the very beginning, at the end of the day, it's God. God is our healer. God is our strength and God will see you through this moment. And so I just hope that today's broadcast has blessed you. And and like Reverend said, we're going to have to do a part two to this because this was good. (laughs) The story continues. We just only have a limited amount of time. But we are going to do a part two because you have been a blessing to our community. So I celebrate you. I thank you. I I pray blessings over your (laughs) ministry. And we're going to make sure that people stay connected with you so they can get more help if they need it. And so- Amen. Amen. And I I thank you all for just being a part of this this special broadcast. I hope you were blessed by it again. Do not forget to subscribe to our email list and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, podcast channel, Facebook. You like us, however you're following us right now. Make sure that you show us some love and you share this information with someone else who needs it. Also, right now, we have 20% off our forgiveness course. So if you're at a place right now where you are like, I'm about ready to just strangle somebody right now because they done they done did it to me, you might need this course. So I encourage you to check that out and take advantage of the free gift that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, which is our serves model, where I talk about the framework in which you can begin your healing journey. So we, we got lots of goodies. Just go to our website and just play around and find what you like as faithonthejourney.org. But that is it for this week, but this is not it for us. So if you're part of this community, we will see you again next week where we'll provide you with more resources and tools. And next week episode is going to be good because we're talking about church hurt. And that's something that a lot of us have experienced. So I hope you tune in, spread the word. And until next time, you keep your faith on the journey. I'll see you soon.